He is all except for Boom. And I get a little star except for Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. <laughs> That's Hello, welcome to the Cold Bow Podcast. Uh, we are doing uh, kind of a episode 3.5. This is a shorter little thing that we're doing. Just kind of uh, hitting you up before the weekend starts, just to get ready for our next episode that's coming out uh, Monday. Uh, May 21st Monday. is when our next episode's going to hit. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just remind you guys of your homework that you have. Our episode on Monday... We're going to be watching the prequel miniseries, whatever they entitled it, they called it, yeah. Battlestar Galactica. You can find it on Amazon. I, I couldn't find it on Hulu. So. I couldn't find it on Hulu either. So your homework I watched it on Amazon. Yeah, I watched it on Amazon. So make sure, if you haven't watched it yet, which you should have, it's been forever, watch it over the weekend. And you can come back and share your thoughts with us or just listen to us talk because that's all you can do in that kind of medium. But... You can come hear our opinions of it and see if they match your own. Right. Uh, we're also going to be ranking our favorite trilogies and our most disappointing trilogies. Movie trilogies. Yeah, movie trilogies. And so we're going to be ranking those and uh, get ready to yell at your iTunes or your Google Play or whatever it is that you're listening on because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we got all of it wrong. We offend. We definitely offend. I got offended while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. All right, so something Chris and I wanted to talk about, I think, is we wanted to go over God of War, the video game. Yeah, I've been playing that, and uh, it was a doozy. It was quite that. <laughs> so, God of War, um, For those I, didn't of you play, don't know. I didn't play the original trilogy, so I'm going to let you... Okay, so uh, God of War is... The new one is a story about Norse mythology, like... Thor and Odin and Loki, um, Scandinavia, Norway, stuff like that, if my if my maps are correct. Um, but God of War is like a 15-year-old franchise, and originally the main character Kratos was a Greek warrior, so it had to do with Greek mythology. Uh, the first three or four games are like that. So this new one is kind of plucking him out, fish out of water type of situation, and putting him with the Norse gods. And it isn't just for fun. There's actually like a really compelling story as to why he right. has to do it. A um, little backstory. I think I mentioned this before, but Kratos in the first three games was not nice at all. The bad person. Bad person. Uh, he ends up killing like every Greek god, uh, which causes like the end of the world to happen. So he moves um, to this new location. He starts a family, tries to settle down. And now his biggest fear is that his son will find out who he used to be. And how much of a monster he was. And he hopefully can raise him to not be like him whatsoever. Yeah. So that's a basic plot and backstory, I guess, of of the new God of War game. So the game opens. You're in, you're in uh, I guess, before we start getting too much into it, I just want to say we're not going to do any spoilers. We don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, no spoilers at all. So if you haven't played the game, keep listening. If you want to play the game, we may sell you on it. Yeah, let's hope we do. So Corey, it's Ballard, fantastic. you're welcome. Yeah. Barlog. Barlog, Balrog. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so you're in the you're in Scandinavia. You're in the Norse up up that way, and uh, you you start your adventure. Something that I really loved about the game was the uh, fight mechanics and the gameplay itself. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. super. Uh, it, it's super intuitive. Where it doesn't take a, it's not a huge learning arc to know how to use your weapons, how to do uh, specials. None of the special moves require very complex uh, button mashing. Yeah, it's not too simple. Where all you're doing is just button mashing to the point where um, you break your controller. You break your controller <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and there's something to be said for simplicity. Um, the the Arkham games definitely were very simplistic in that way. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's a it's really methodical. You really have have to kind of think what you're doing. It's it's easy to get a handle of it. Yeah, and then you can use the little boy. Oh yeah. In you're, you're in the in the fighting, you can use Atreus as you uh, you can hit the. Uh, the square button. You square hit the square button. button, and he shoots his arrows. You hold the square button. He calls a horde of ghost pigs to trample down here, uh, <laughs> to trample down your opponents and, and kind of stun them. And it's just it's a very intuitive style of gameplay and, and fight mechanics that I really enjoy. It's very Dark Souls. If any of you out there ever played it before, it's not quite as slow. Like it's a, it's a little more competent than a Dark Souls game. Uh, R1 to attack, R2 to do a strong attack. But I like stuff like you can dodge your opponent because they telegraph their their moves so you can dodge. And then when you dodge, you can throw your axe, either your Leviathan axe, right. and you throw it and then you summon it back into your hands. So like yeah. it's doing that, by the way, throwing your axe around is very entertaining. Yeah, it's, let's it's, get into that. The Leviathan X. Yeah. Because I, 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 I did play, I played the first God of War game. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get into the second or the third one, but I loved the, the Blades of Chaos, yeah. the Chaos Blades. I loved them so much. And when I saw that he was carrying an axe in this game, I was kind of like, was like really? uh, I'm yeah. not sure how much I'm going to like just a single handled weapon. And it weapon. seemed like and, a gimmick too, like the Thor. Yeah. And it. well, when he recalled it, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that you yeah. can recall it back. And so you don't need the, uh, the, the chains anymore and stuff. But uh, no, this axe is really cool. It might be like my favorite weapon I've ever used in a game. It's so awesome. Like you, so awesome. It, it freezes. It has like freezing power. Uh -huh. So like you can throw it into somebody from across the map, run up to them and kick them in the chest and break them. Right. Specials, you can smash your axe into the ground and it sends a, a shockwave, a freeze wave, and it freezes your enemies. And it's super cool. I really, oh man. But like he uses it for everything. Like he'll be, he'll, he you're digs trying stuff to, up. You're trying to get a bridge, like to get across an area, and you there's a bridge, but it's broken in one part. So he throws the axe and freezes the bridge in place so it keep it still, and you can cross the bridge and then call it back later. Just stuff like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're very clever with the uses of it. Mm -hmm. And then as you're powering it up throughout the game, it becomes more powerful. But the dwarves, because <clears throat> you meet dwarves along the way, and the dwarves are kind of your your companions throughout the story. And they're, they're your um, they're shopkeepers. Shopkeepers, they're, exactly. What are you buying? They, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they do these, they, they put these upgrades on the axe, and God, it looks so cool. They put all the runes on it, and it is one of the coolest looking weapons so too. speaking of the dwarves my favorite aspect of this game there's only like seven characters that you meet in this game total not including like monsters and stuff right but they're all great characters they all have super interesting stories they're acted out very well the voice the actors have been 
Absolutely incredible. The one for the, there's two twin brothers. There's Brock and Sindri, and I loved Sindri. He was hilarious. The voice actor of that should get an award because he was cracking me up. It was hilarious. It was so yeah. good. But they they all they have a story and they have an arc and they're just there to sell you stuff. Yeah. But they had a compelling story for being there. Yeah. And I I loved it. It was like Kratos and crew. I loved them all. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Like so the, good. The story in that game was top notch. It's and that and so speaking of characters, that's yeah. kind of what made this game. Yeah. What what took this game from uh, a hack 'em up, uh, just kind of plat not platforming game that was the wrong way to say it, but just kind of a hack 'em up game where you're just swinging an axe and killing hordes of monsters. Yeah. What what <clears throat> took it beyond that was the characterization mm-hmm. of each character, the bad guys, the the villains, the uh, Brock and Sindri, Atreus. And Kratos the witch. and the witch and the stranger, mm-hmm. all of them. The it, it's just such. I don't know. The some of my favorite moments in this game, and I, I actually listened to an interview with the uh, the creator of the game. But there's a boat that you use to get around. It's called the Lake of the Nine, and it's kind of the central point of the map. And you use this this lake in the middle, and there's branching paths on there. But while you're in the boat, Kratos tries to tell Atreus, his son, stories. He's not a very good storyteller. Um, he's like... Uh, he's, he's he's like Batista. He's, he's, he's too Drax. literal. He's too <laughs> That's literal. That's a good comparison. They're both yeah. covered in like red tattoos. He's kind of <laughs> Drax. Um, but eventually they get another storyteller with them. And this other storyteller is probably my favorite character in the game. He's so good. He he's is so, so good. good. And I don't want to say too much about him because... As far as spoilers. This game was very secretive. The whole creation of it, the way the story unfolds. I don't want to say a thing. I want everyone to experience it on their own. Yeah. But the third storyteller they get, um, there was points where people were listening to his stories. And they would not get out of the boat because the story's done. I did that so much where I would sit at a boat dock and just wait so that he could finish his story. But the, the, the guy that created the game was doing testing for audiences. And people were boating, and then they wouldn't get out. And he's like, oh, no, the button's not working. They're trying to get out. They're just swimming in circles. Like, what did I do? I messed up. I can't get out. <laughs> and they're like, so how was the game? How was everything? Why did you not get out of the boat? And he's like, oh, the story wasn't over. And he's like, yes! yes. <laughs> this, this is what I wanted. Because <laughs> I, I, he was telling a story once, and I, I got out of the boat, and he, he's like, oh, well, I and can we'll finish. save that for another time. We'll save that for another time. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. I just lost the story. It was so sad, but yeah, yeah. it was so good. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And so I guess, like, the strongest point of the entire game by far was the relationship between Kratos and Atreus. Yeah, it was the characters. And you're playing as Kratos, but the game is 100% Atreus's game. The mm-hmm. story is Atreus' story. Mm-hmm. But you're playing as Kratos. So it. it it's like you're watching a movie and you're just participating. You're yeah. kind of following along as Kratos and participating in the story. That's, that's kind of how The Witcher was too, which I I appreciated that yeah. too. Was, right. He was along for the ride, but it was not his story. Right. Yeah. So good. So good. I, I was so appreciative of it. And it's a it's a different type of storytelling. It's it's very much a character based, more so than a plot based story. Yeah, for sure. Uh, everything everything that happens in the game, every action that happens in the game, uh, 
contributes to the character and to the development yeah. of the character, um, which is very different than the first God of War game. I can't speak to the second or the third, but the first God of War game, when it comes to story, it's all plot driven. I mean, but the story is kind of there, but the really you just were there to kill monsters. Like it right. wasn't, it wasn't anything like super enthralling. Like it, there was cool set pieces and stuff, but I Kratos mean, was the most one dimensional character in video game it was, history. It was a part. grand epic adventure. And this one, and I don't, I don't want to say too much, but it's, it's not like it's there. There's huge moments in it, but it's not like a save the world or destroy the world. It's a very small personal story. And Norse mythology is huge. Like it, it could have potentially grand, been huge, oh, yeah. grand, epic, but it, it wasn't. And I loved it for it. Yeah. And it was a very small personal. I was expecting things and waiting yeah. and waiting and waiting. And I was like, oh, this is not going the way I thought it was at all. Right. It was a highly personal mm-hmm. story that, oh, man, it was great. I I keep saying that. I, I keep saying <laughs> it's great. It was so good. It was I, great. Well, I can't recommend it enough. Um, to me, it wasn't perfect. Of course. There not. was a. I, I suppose if we have to be nitpicky, there are moments that I was like, I really don't want to be doing this right now like i keep hearing this term a lot but it's a video game ass video game it is oh, yeah. there's like uh, escort missions or protection missions or like uh hold this position for five minutes until all these guys until are waves and waves so of waves enemies. and waves of enemies i was like wow i don't want to be doing this i right think now. that was the there's one specific <clears throat> mission i think we're both talking about mm-hmm. is kind of a protection yeah. slash wave level that I could not have been less engaged in the game. It was such a... And I died once, and it was annoying that I had to do it again. Yeah, to start off. I was like, I don't want to do this right now. No, yeah, it was was rough. It was rough. So there's plenty of of things that are wrong with it. But just like, uh, I think in a previous episode, Scotty said it, that, like, you can... If you want to nitpick... Yeah. And pick apart plot holes in a movie. You can do it to every single yeah. movie, every single story. You can pick those things apart and, and really hate everything. Yeah. Uh, but when it when you view all this stuff in the greater whole, it uh, it's so small potatoes. Yeah. So small. Yeah. I mean, it, it affected me at that moment, but my thoughts looking back on it were just like, well... I didn't care about. I liked the gameplay, but that's not what I liked about the game. Right. Um, there was a, some very video gamey moments though that I really liked. Yeah. That I really loved. I loved. I mean, well, you, there's puzzles everywhere. Oh, there's yeah. Collection missions. There's like. Um, but there's video gamey stuff as well. See, and I'm not. I don't, this is giving away. I'm, I'm not going to say anything, but uh, they they take some of the video gamey stuff and then they they put a twist on it. So that it explains it in story, so that oh, it's I know not what you're talking exactly, about. and and so it it makes it so that it's not, so it's more of a story and less of a video game. Well, they actually took the time to say like, the obvious video game thing that you've been seeing the whole time. There's a reason for that. There's a reason. Nobody's done that before. Right. It's like in Zelda where like they have the glowing obvious weak point. Right. Like that would be nice to know why we can see that like yellow dot like yeah, their weak the, ankles or whatever the the one part of the yeah. wall that is a different color of brown than the rest <laughs> of the wall let's put a bomb there but yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but there's a purpose for that in this in this game, in this game. Yeah. and and it, and the purpose serves the story and 
it deepens the story and makes it an even more uh, compelling story. So it, yeah. it, it was I, I, like hats off to Mr. Corey Balrog or Bar, Barlog. Barlog. <laughs> hats off to Mr. Barlog because that was th- this game, as far as story is is concerned, and how much like the characters mean to me and stuff like that. Like yeah, for sure. Top notch, top notch. But um, I just want to end and finish by saying, like, the the whole point of the game is that Kratos doesn't want Atreus to follow in his footsteps and become a monster. And if you keep that in mind the whole time. If you keep that in mind the whole time, and you watch Kratos' arc as yeah. he, as, or Atreus' arc, and the, those two, the way that, that they do go along with it, it becomes such a deep and meaningful story. As someone who doesn't have kids, I can't really relate too <laughs> yeah. much to that. However, I can I can appreciate the emotion that went into um, the script and that and that storyline. And it, it was it really was an emotional script and storyline, which is a weird thing to say about a God of War video game. Um, speaking of having kids and not having kids and appreciating the sentiment. There is an exact part of that game that has that kind of conflict. Like, uh, the, no spoilers, but there's something that happens, and Atreus like, I don't understand. And Kratos is like, you don't have kids. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. And I was that that resonated with me. That line right there really resonated with me, um, because that's the whole point of the game. And like, the way that the game ended, I immediately want to go back and play again. Right. To see stuff I didn't see before. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like Yeah, just just play it. Just play it. Just play it. And um, then and then stuff story wise, like the setups and the payoffs in the game mm-hmm. are so well done. And there's things that are set up in the very first scene of the game that don't get paid off till the very last scene of the game. And mm-hmm. and it and it's the some of the setups and payoffs are so uh What's the word I'm looking for? Satisfying. Yeah. It, it, it's some of the most satisfying payoffs. But some of them, you could blink and you miss it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's a game that you definitely have to pay attention to, and you have to listen to the dialogue, and 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 it's it's fantastic. And then, I mean, I, I listened to an interview with uh, with Mr. Balrog. Barlog. <laughs> Jeez. I listened to an interview with him, and he talked about how there are setups in this game that don't pay off to the next game. And there's setups in this game that don't pay off to the game after that. Yeah. And so there is a lot to this game. The levels and the layers to the to the story and to the gameplay in this game really, really are are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I said before, I can't I can't recommend it enough. But to me, it's not a perfect game. Um, let's go ahead and wrap this up here and let's wrap give it, it up. Let's give it a score here. I mean. I've been seeing it. I, I said this before, but I've been seeing it get perfect tens, and to me, I, I don't think I could say it's perfect. It's a masterpiece, but it's not perfect to me. Right. So I'd give it like a high nine, like nine point five, something along those lines. Something that I really enjoyed my time with it. And right. I'm glad. I, I'm glad it's part of my collection now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as like out of ten, yeah, yeah. Nine five, like the nine that that's yeah. right about where it belongs as far as a video game is concerned. Yeah. But as far as uh, an experience is concerned, it's a perfect ten. Yeah, that's I like, and that's why like rating things can be so like 
whatever. Like it's yeah, it's so objective. Um, Subjective. Yeah. Did you say objective? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it varies from person to person, and like I I like reading reviews and stuff, but sometimes people don't give a score to a game, so it forces you to listen to us. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, as far as an experience goes, it was great, and I'm glad I had that experience. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Cool. So there it is. It's it's, uh, God of War, and uh, yeah, it's only on PS4 too. So you might want to. You might (laughs) might need to might need to spend a little more. So if your name is Troy and you don't have one, (laughs) get out there and do it. Get your gear together. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Cool. So. We'll uh, we'll finish up here. Remember, May twenty first on Monday is when our next episode's coming out. Uh, get that uh, Battlestar Galactica prequel mini series. Whatever <laughs> that, that title needs punctuation. <laughs> prequel mini. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then uh, start thinking about your favorite and your most disappointing. It's important to make that distinction. It's not the worst because there's much worse yeah. trilogies out there, but. Your favorite trilogies and your the trilogies you're the most disappointed in. Get yeah. those, get those in and uh, and start thinking about that. Yeah, we're not disappointing trilogies, not awful trilogies. It's important to make that distinction because right after our last episode went up, my wife's sister Shelby had to say, "Yo, Twilight is not a trilogy. There's five movies. There's four <laughs> books. You can't count that at all." And I was like, there's five movies? Jesus. Is there really five movies? <laughs> How did I not know that? Like, that's insane. Yeah, she was like, it's a saga. And it's I was like, saga. oh, you're right. It's the most disappointing saga. <laughs> <laughs> so it's important to make that distinction. Right. All right. Anyway, rant that's over. Cold Bow Cold Podcast signing out. Signing out. Love you. <laughs>